Hello, hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And welcome to another episode of Pearl Notes. I am C-Note with my other co-host, Black Pearl. Hello, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to everybody. Pearl Notes is our political show where we do a deep dive into the politics and the happenings of the nation that really do affect people more than they know and sometimes don't affect people. And we are going to do a deep dive today into two main topics. The Jan 6 insurrection, which everybody has been going on and on about as this is the anniversary. And the failure of the Biden administration to pass the Build Back Better policy. So we're going to kick it off right now with the insurrection. I'm going to be honest. Um, this, this week was a little, a little difficult because we got told by the DOJ this week that they are spending oodles of time and energy and effort into prosecuting these people, but I don't see it. What do you see, uh, Black Pearl? You know what? Honestly, see, you know, I feel as though we are seeing a repeat of what happened during Reconstruction after the Civil War where everyone, we have both sides trying to appease one another simply to try to keep the union together. Everyone wants this idea of unity and no one is treating traitors um, who have actually, you know, been treasonous with regards to trying to overthrow a, an election. That is what they were trying to do on January 6th um, of 2020. And I just, I feel as though as a nation, it's not being looked at in that way. And, you know, it's sad to say that, Um, you know, in 2021, that we haven't learned the lessons of what really happened and why. But I, I, I somewhat agree with you on that. I think it goes a little bit deeper. See, at least during Reconstruction, we could definitely say that the the, the white former slave owners they, they were trying to consolidate power. They were trying to keep it out of our hands. But I think we're well past that point. You can't keep us. Out of and when I say us, African Americans, brown people, you can't keep us out now. We, we are firmly. Interesting, interesting enough, though. See, no, I think it's gone beyond racial lines. I I really believe that we are in more of a reckoning at this point of the haves and the have-nots. And let's just be real. One of the other issues that I have with regards to who is actually being prosecuted is the fact that it's the haves that created the environment 
for what happened on January 6th. Many of the have-nots, though, those are the ones that are being prosecuted right now and being looked at as the bad people, the villains. And I don't, I, I blame them for their actions, but I blame even more so those who instigated and encouraged and are still out there doing the same thing that inspired January 6th and are not facing any sort of repercussions for it. I'll, I'll piggyback on that. Um, I look at it based off of that, that they have the DOJ hasn't gone after Congress, and Jim Jordan, Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene—all of these individuals need to be held to account. And what Merrick Garland is telling us at the DOJ is that don't worry, we're going to get to them. We're we're going to prosecute everybody involved. And I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real with you. I don't think he's gonna do it. I think this is all a scam by the Biden administration DOJ to pass the book. It's it's too toxic. It's too uh fraudulent. Uh, it's too fraud of an issue to touch. They this don't want to upset the manga. This is why I, I started out with saying I feel like we are literally going through a deja vu of what happened after the assassination of Lincoln at the end of the Civil War. And a new administration comes in and their first thought was not to rock the boat any further. Granite Johnson himself was truly part of the South and mm -hmm. you know he wanted to make sure that he didn't upset his own brethren and he could bring them back into the fold in the manner that he saw fit as president. I feel that Biden is he had he ran on uh you know this notion that he could bring the country together that he could start to heal the nation from the divide that honestly truly began I would say this divide has just widened more and more and more since the 80s. Because you can look at every single um, administration since, basically I would say since Carter, maybe you could even go back to Nixon, but definitely since the decline of Jimmy Carter, moving on to Reagan, Moving on to Daddy Bush, moving on to Clinton, then Bush Jr. It's just it it the 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 widening gap of how we view politics and how we view ourselves as a nation has just continued to grow, and it literally popped on January sixth. But it's been brewing in a way that I think many of us try to I'm not going to say suppress but we acknowledged it in a way without acknowledging it trying to call it what it trying to call it something other than what it was particularly during the Obama administration and I feel like in a way though Joe Biden was a safe pick and I do believe that he could be a really great president 
there is uh mm. he, he he has an association still with president obama which at you know adheres him to certain people's hearts but at the same time repels him from others and i believe that like truly during the last four years of the other guy that just grew and it has grown to a point where it is almost impenetrable to even just truth we have we have become a nation that we can't even settle on truth anymore what does that say i'm 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 going to disagree with you on that. I don't think the Biden administration has any greatness left up in it. I think I think it came in with all the promise and hope of being something great. But I think he's fallen well short of that mark. And he's just trying to now salvage what's left. Because right now what we're seeing, and we discussed this in our pre-meet, um, this is right now the rule of minority. This is the the terrorism of minority. And I'm talking about the Republican Party now. They, they are officially in this country the minority. More Americans are represented by Democrats than they are by Republicans. And what I am seeing here is uh, Mitch McConnell, uh, McCarthy, they are setting themselves up to rule from the minority. And Biden is doing everything in his power not to help them, but to try to stay neutral. Like, I'm, I'm above and beyond the fray. And so this, his connection to, to Obama, that, that's not enough to to save his presidents, and it's surely not enough for Democrats who voted for him to stay unified and loyal to him because we're seeing the writing on the wall. They, other than the um, the stimulus bill that he passed, you know, during at the beginning of uh, his presidency, what else has he passed? I mean, those would come, many would come out and talk about the BIF, which I know your stance on that. We can discuss that later. But truly, right, right. I, I see I see where you're where you're going with this. And yes, aside from the stimulus package, um, which I feel there was such a great need for it. Um, but I also believe at the same time, that would not have passed had it not been for what happened in Georgia. And this is where I want to go back a little bit with regards to January 6th, because what really like what something else that really makes me mad is the fact that that day was hijacked in the manner that it was. That day was was really I woke up that day thinking, oh, my goodness, we are about to like, I am about to be listening on the news today, not only about the certification of the Biden-Harris presidency, vice presidency that is about to occur, but also about the victories in Georgia of those two Senate runoff races 
of now Senate elect Senator elect Ossoff and Senator elect uh, Warnock at that time. That's what I thought that day was going to be about. And instead, that day got hijacked. Absolutely. And, and it got hijacked because it it doesn't fit the narrative. It doesn't fit the, narr- the narrative of the way this country has gone. Certain states were just supposed to be bastions of Republicanness, just all out. And so rather than let that be the talking point of the day, we had the insurrection. And it's something that was that I brought up in uh, the Three Wise Fools podcast. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is our plug for Three Wise Fools. You can catch it on the Village Family Podcast Network. Yes, we have a network. And there you can catch our shows such as Three Wise Fools, Pearl Notes, and of course, our Untitled Sports Talk. But back to what I was saying, that I mentioned the unfair uh, sentencing that has been handed down from those insurrectionists. We, I mean, these are, as you said, people that are involved in treason. And we've executed people for treason. But apparently not anymore. We're, we're, we're trying to keep things peaceable. And these people, nobody, save for one guy who got three to five years, everybody has gotten basically a slap on the wrist. Maybe a month or two or three in jail. But majority of them are getting um, a year to two years of probation. And I had told on that podcast that if the insurrectionists have been black, oh, forget this uh, jail time stuff. They would have just no trial, no no long hearings, just, just put us under the jail and keep it moving. So, see, no, we we talked about this. Yeah, we talked. We've talked about this before. Where let's just be real. During the summer of the BLM protests, they always seemed to have a heavy police presence. They did that at the Capitol during a BLM protest up here. Already had. The guns out. Had Mm. everyone in full armor. So that they could show strength. Yet when this. Former guys. Rally comes. Every indication. Of how a lot of these people were already feeling. With regards to the things that were being said. In the eco chambers of talk radio, of Fox News, of OAN. Many of us were talking, this is not going to be good. This is not going to be peaceful. And then for things to transpire the way that they did, I felt like we were, a lot of us were in shock and awe. And a lot of us were like, well, what did you think was going to happen? And then the fact that there's basically been nothing but kid gloves on with regards to how they've handled them. If those people had been black, most of those people had been black or brown, 
they would have been shot right there on the spot. We would be talking Boy, we, about we would be talking we, about that day in a totally different way. And I feel like that is something else that kind of just claws at me in a very raw way as an American citizen who happens to be black. Because I know that if it had been people who looked like me, there would have been a totally different outcome if they had even thought to do what those people did. And the fact that those people were able to go there and then walk away and go home and the FBI had to come and chase them down to go they find chase them. them Hold up. They didn't chase those people down. No, I'm they sorry. To... They scoured social media. Think of, thank you. They, they didn't they hunt these people down. Media, and they, they allowed people to turn themselves in. Or others to turn them in. Hey, can we get your help? When, when we African Americans do something, they pull out all the stocks <laughs> to find us. They spend what, however much time, money, and effort to come and hunt us down for the criminals, quote unquote, that we are. But for their own, it's oh no, they were just there were some misunderstood protesters. Matter of fact, we're we're going so far as now. From and we've heard this on every news station about how Republicans at the you know when they came back in the session on the sixth in twenty twenty one that they they called out Trump they called out the protesters and today as of today we are we are hearing from all of those individuals that this is uh, a false flag operation the government was involved BLM was involved Antifa was involved. And I'm, it's funny I am... how the party of personal responsibility is taking absolutely no responsibility for any of their actions. None. It's like they don't even know how to. I mean, it sounds really good. They do, but... They know how to produce really good sound bites. They know how to rile up people. But taking responsibility for anything? Oh, no. Mm-mm. That has gone the way of the dodo. And and I think this is going to play more into this coming midterms with, with this insurrection that I think that one of the main goals of the GOP is just to end this, to win the midterms so they can end this committee. I don't think this committee is going to turn up or produce any tangible results. See, I feel like this this committee has has done that. The problem is too much, not enough of it has actually been brought to light. And I think that right now, as many of the pundits are, you know, talk about it or, you know, what you read about is the fact that the committee is basically trying to put together the story, the full story, so that they can present it to the American public in prime time. I, my concern with that is, will it be too late? Will there be enough people still interested in understanding? 
because this right like what happened there the all the the the, the mechanisms that went into basically creating the environment and allowing things to fester and to continue to grow and even for the big lie to continue to be as prevalent as it is now plays directly into another issue that is going on right now that it it doesn't seem how many times people are ringing the alarm about our simple basic right to vote that one party is basically trying to say we will determine how elections not only are ran but whose vote will count that is not a democracy and that goes back to the point that you were talking about of we the 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 GOP we have one political party that is setting up our nation to simply be under minority rule their rule because whether they are in the minority or the majority, they still seem to control the agenda. And not just the that agenda, but all the that levers. Is not democracy. Well, it's not just it's not just that, but all they control all the levers of our democracy, from who can vote to the laws that can be written to protect the vote to uh, picking and choosing which voters and, and how many voters are going to count. You know, th this idea that of them, you know, in, in multiple states of Trumpers, MAGA group, taking over the, the Secretary of State position, wanting to determine, like, oh, yeah, mm, I don't think these people, these, th these didn't vote right. And so now they're going to disqualify them and say that those those votes weren't pure. And this, as you said, is not democracy. As a matter of fact, America has never been really a democracy. It's been a plutocracy. That's what it is. The the, the rule of the of the majority that's in power, not just the rule of the majority that of the people. And we're suffering and have been suffering. And the one time that we have the opportunity to change some things, because even under uh, Obama, Republicans didn't go this far. And that's saying something, because their vitriol under Obama was, is legendary now. They didn't go that far to say that elections weren't fair, they weren't true. To literally say that you black and brown people, you all can't vote. But now after Trump, now under Biden, they're just like, uh, we're going to take that take that away from you. And you mentioned something yesterday about, you know, uh, for African-Americans being three-fifths of a person. That is still in the books in our Constitution. Like, nobody said, okay, we need to strip him and remove this from the Constitution. It's still there. And it will, it, it'll take nothing for the GOP. To say we're gonna we're gonna reinstate that rule, and we're right back to where we all started, all because See? we're we're trying to hold on to the filibuster, which historically and we it's I don't think it's told enough in the news. The whole point of the filibuster 
was created and designed to keep African Americans, newly freed slaves, from being able to vote. And now, what are the, what are our own party, Democrats, are using that against their own people, their own constituents? See, this is this is where. I believe in many, many regards. Unfortunately, the history of this nation is catching up to us. And until we accept not only the original sin, but atone for it as well, and actually decide that we, the people of today, are going to govern ourselves in a way that is reflective of our values today and not that of back in 1776 like we have to stop thinking along the lines of how the founding fathers established this government for that time period too much has changed for us to think that we can still govern ourselves in the same manner we just can't. As you said, the fact that African Americans enslaved individuals, mm. non, non-white land-owning individuals were ne- not given any sort of true liberty for a very long time and even today we stand on these principles you know and we spout them across the world but the world can see exactly who we are by our actions and the actions of america is that we have yet to truly understand that all men are created equal we don't, we don't espouse that here. How the heck can you tell anybody to to actually espouse that anywhere else in the world? Mm. Freedom, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, truly? When we have communities that feel like they are under siege on a daily basis? When we have kids dying of hunger? Heck, How can we say that we are a great nation when we are not even taking care of our own, but trying to tell others how to conduct themselves around the world? It is oh, truly there... time for us to be a little more introspective as a nation. And therein lies the rub. And why I believe Jan Six happened. We we are no longer able to have the, the the real conversation with ourselves if we were ever able to have that. Because frankly, this nation doesn't want to own up to what it's done. The the that our past has directly shaped our present, and, and it's continued. And yet, to shape our future, we, as you said, we never 
fessed up and owned up from civil from the Civil War. We never held anybody account. We never said this was wrong and you should never do it again. Nobody came and did that. It was up. Oh, it's over. But bygones be bygones. And let's the bring next, the nation back together. Right, and over the and for the next hundred plus years, Jim Crow flourished, and basically was the new was the, was the new slavery. And I think the Jan Six insurrection is a direct directly related to that. You have people that have been told for the last 20, 30 years, you can blame black people, you can blame brown people, you can blame immigrants, foreigners, um, illegals. You refugees. can blame college-educated college young people. <laughs> for, liberal-minded thinkers. Oh, and you're, uh, for the problems of this country. They are the ones that are keeping you down. Yet it's the very people that you all, that Republicans keep electing to high office, that are ones that are doing them. Just, just constantly doing them in, and, and screwing them over left and right. And, and and when when do I is enough enough? When do we tell and say you know what this just ain't working for me? Because if you look at you know people that I I just named. They aren't the ones screwing them over. It's your politicians. The ones who are getting millions of dollars from lobbyists, they're the ones keeping you from achieving. Ah, ah. But you know what that would mean, though? That would mean that individuals actually understood how the world worked, how our government worked, how society worked. Those things are not being taught anymore to the extent of the masses truly understanding how the mechanics of government work and how as a citizen what our roles are with with that. I mean let's just you know let's move on to the next topic of the BBB. Oh the BBB, Gary, let's get into it. The BBB is essentially dead in the water right now because of one person. One person who is actually a member of the party that is promising the BBB is going to be passed. Well, well, before we get into it, let's talk. Let, let's tell the our listeners what the BBB is and why it's really important. The BBB, also known as the Build Back Better Policy or Initiative by the Biden administration is our human infrastructure, people. Let me repeat that. Human infrastructure. You can't have a nation without people. Ah. And this policy takes care of the of the, the mo- our most valuable resource, us. Money doesn't make itself. We work, we produce Money is generated. Economy rules. And the BBB is designed to take care of the needs of the people, especially coming while we're still in the midst of this pandemic. Yes. It takes care of child care, education, 
pay and economics. It restructures how the country does business with the people. And it's been, this thing is at least 100 years past due. <laughs> yes, yes. It is nothing more than an updated social contract. That is what the BBB truly is. It is an updated social contract with the people of today's American society. And in particular, today's women in society. Because let's just be real. And this is coming from myself as a woman, as a mother, as a spouse, as a worker too. I work outside the home. I want my children to be safe in their schools. I want my children to be safe in their daycare centers. But you Amen. know what? I am stressed most of the time because I'm not only thinking about their safety, but I also have to think about the compounding costs of all of that. Their education, their childcare. Can I afford these things? Can we afford Hell, education? Heck, the education, the tuition, not just childcare, but sending them to school. You know, it's just you know, and and why I why I like putting this in the in in the terms of this is an updated social contract, particularly with the women of society, is because we've never actually had that. The way that this country was formed and the way, honestly, that this country has operated for so long, women in the workplace was just a side note. It was something that many accepted, but at the same time, structurally, society has still been established, even in, in, our, in, in our nation, to whereas it's preferred for the woman to be at home raising the kids taking care of the household there is nothing wrong with that if that is the life that you choose I am not saying that what I am saying though is if you choose to work outside of the home but you still want to be able to take care of your family you shouldn't be punished for it you shouldn't be looked down upon because you've decided that you want to have a career and have a family. And I, I believe for the, too long, we have, as women, we have had to make a choice. Or you're going to have to make some major sacrifices. Well, that's because it's been a man's world for, for centuries. And <laughs> to, our, to our detriment. You know how I feel. I've, I've, I've said to you, no. Uh, several times and numerous times that I want women to run my government. They, women are let's just be real. They're, they're just flat out smarter than men. And they are less likely to 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 jump into a, a situation where, oh, you want to use military? We're going to fight it out? No, 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 no. We're going to talk this out. Too many men have been making decisions 
that have been without sitting down and talking and working things out. And here we are. But now it's time for, as we live now through the hashtag Me Too era, women are holding men accountable. At rightfully so. Now, is some of that gotten out of hand? Sure. Because we, we, we've lost some uh, some powerful representation going after people for something that happened 20, 30 plus years ago. Never had an incident since. But we've taken them down. To, to our detriment as a as as not just African Americans, but as liberal progressive people. But rounding this all back to the to the BBB, this policy is is what's needed right this second, and we are yeah. allowing two individuals, but particularly one, Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia, to screw this all up. And I believe that the people of West Virginia have children. There are some that have children that want their kids to have a good education, that want their kids to have quality child care, that want to be able to take care of an elderly parent. You know, they want clean water. They, you know, they, the- want, they, they, want, they want good housing, affordable housing. You know, I, I believe that a lot of the things that are within this bill would be good for the people of West Virginia. We're talking about a coal country that honestly needs to figure out a way to reinvent itself. And part of the BBB is forward thinking because we're finally, you know, starting to think about global warming and what needs to take place to deal with climate change now. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you on that because that's not everybody is thinking about global warming. The next generation and the generation beyond that, they are thinking about global warming. They are worried about this this planet and the, and the world that they will be living in. But there are still plenty of boomers Gen Xers and heck, even some of millennials that don't be don't believe in it, and they are the ones again controlling the, our our levers of 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 government and stopping all of these initiatives from going through. And and let me let me put blame here on why the BBB is dead. I'm not just going to blame Joe Manchin, who's stalled this out and flat out said that this thing isn't just, you know, oh, we're, we're stuck in negotiations. That man flat out said that thing is in the graveyard. Six feet under, fresh tombstone carved, here lies the BBB. But I don't yeah. just blame I blame Biden. I blame Pelosi. I blame Schumer. And I actually blame Representative Jayapal. And let me tell you why. You all, they had the opportunity to force uh, moderate and even some conservative Democrats, heck, even some moderate Republicans 
to to sign on to that bill by holding up the bills. That they should have done that to the hill. They should have said, "Look here, there is no way you are going to get any kind of bipartisan infrastructure funding and deal going. It will not happen until I get some signatures on the BBB. Period. If that means that the entire nation infrastructure would have to suffer suffer for another year or two, goddamn it, so be it." And all I keep hearing is how we have to uh, be concerned about the rural areas and 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 keeping our democratic hold in the Senate, Senate and the House. What's the point of having power if you never use it? We gave Democrats overwhelmingly. Now, now, and when I say overwhelmingly, in terms of votes, not in, in, in actual control of the Senate, in terms of seats, but in terms of votes, we overwhelmingly said, hey, we like the liberal progressive agenda. That's what we need right now. And we get there, and we're allowing two senators to tell us no. And I'm going to go, say what I've been telling to a few people this week. Chuck Schumer is no Harry Reid. God rest that man's soul. Harry Reid had the balls to strong arm his party to doing the right thing. Just like Mitch McConnell is doing and has been doing to the Republican Party. And they need to do so. And I'm just uh, I'm so tired of that of Democrats laying down and giving in to the Republicans and to certainly moderate or, or and Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin, let's just be real. He's a he's a Republican. <laughs> he's he's living off of the, the fossil fuel industry, big supporter of coal, takes buku money from that industry. And he said on numerous occasions that he's been propositioned. And don't force him. Force the man. I'll tell you what, if we force him to become a, a Republican, I promise you this, he won't win in West Virginia no more. Let's see. I I do not agree with the way that he has handled things. I'm not, I'm also going to say that I don't, I'm not going to, I, I don't think that um, he should be forced to take a vote on something that he can't support. What I definitely believe though, is that because this is important to the nation for the health of the nation he should be forced to the negotiating table and he should not be allowed to just walk away and say I'm not voting for this 
and not actually truly provide what he could support. Like, be helpful within the negotiations of getting to a point where it can be agreed upon. Because let's just be real. We all know that with all legislation, it starts out normally very grandiose. And then it gets pared down to reality. And I say that very loosely. And I only say that because the reality is only what those who are voting, those who are in power to actually make these things into law, say it is. And so it also depends upon which party is in control. And I believe that for, you know, the last several years, we've basically had a party in control that only cared about two things. And they did those two things. They gave a massive tax cut to the wealthy because their whole philosophy on governing is fewer taxes. But at the same time, they packed the courts with as many conservative judges as they possibly could, including changing the rules on Supreme Court justices so that it no longer required 60 votes but could be passed on a simple majority just so they could get through the Supreme Court nominees of the former guy. Let, 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 me, let me jump in here and say uh, and, and counter something you said earlier. We did force Manchin to the negotiating table, and he and we were all assured by the president, Schumer, Pelosi, that and and they assured Jayapal that if you all go ahead and sign the BIF, the BBB is a is a done deal. We'll get it done. And mind you, the the BBB and the BIF were all pared down. Sub- not just by like a third. We're talking about few more than half of the uh, of the money that is actually needed for for both policies. More than half of it was cut off. Well, see, this is why I don't think that it's completely dead. I believe that in you know a lot of spin is being placed on this, but I. I don't believe that it's completely dead. I do believe that at some point in time we are going to see some version of the BBB. I will say this when it when that version does come out, I don't think that'll I I, I don't think that it's going to have as much in it as many progressives would like. I just pray that there are enough provisions that do get in it that actually help a majority of the people. And that they are able to feel the significance of those impacts within their lives enough. And that as a society, we can start to change some things and and grow from this. Because otherwise, I feel like we are just going to be stuck in this rut as a nation. Like, it ticks me off so much that we are, you know, one of the things that Joe Manchin comes out and says with regards to why he is against the BBB is because of current inflation levels. Current inflation levels is not something that we are dealing with in a bubble here in America. 
This is a global problem due to a global pandemic. And until we start educating our people to understand some of these basic principles, they can continue to spew this BS in a manner of trying to make things that they want to deem as important more important than they really are. You cannot fight inflation just on our, we can't do that on our own. And we can't help our people if we are constantly taking away from our people, but expecting more of them. And, and you know, this is why, like, I love the way that you put this at the beginning of this conversation that the BBB is a human infrastructure. That is what it is. It is investing in us as a nation of people because it is we the people we the people not just our elected officials we the people are the ones that make this nation run in the way that it does but if we but if you but if you don't force your politicians, if you don't force the politicians to start making some of these decisions, some of these concessions, we will never get ahead. And all, and, and you said it yourself, that, that the Republicans were able to change the Senate rules to allow, you know, the, the, the narcissistic orange to, to get his nominees through. And we all know, and, and if people don't know, you need to know, Republicans will blow up the Senate rules in a heartbeat to get their initiatives and, and ideals across the finish line. We as Democrats need to be willing to do the same. And, and this idea that we shouldn't force, you know, our elected officials to vote on things that we want is dumb as hell. That's the reason why we put them in office. To it doesn't matter that you know the Republicans don't want you know these initiatives. They don't want. Doesn't matter. Your voters said in mass, "We want this done. Get it done for us." Do you know how many Republicans we all know hated uh, Obamacare, the ACA, loathed it. We we thought the nation was going to be torn apart then over that. And do you know how many of those Republicans now today love and can't live without Obamacare? I, st- I still cringe, though, at the fact that you literally have people who, if, you, if they hear the word Obamacare, they are completely against it. But if they hear the Affordable Care Act, then they're for it. Not realizing that the two are the same. And and that's that's because it's the one problem that that has plagued Democrats all of our lifetime is messaging. They're not able to get our message, the message of for the people, really out there. They're too timid. They don't want to take victory laps. They don't want to, you know, tout success. That's and the G the GOP don't just tout their successes. They even turn their failures into success. 
that's how Trump got elected. Because, you know, we had two years of Obama and Biden, they were able to say, hey, because we failed, this is what happened. Give us more money so that we can never let this ever happen again. Here's my thing. We had two terms of the Obama presidency that did not garner nearly as much scandal or blatant crimes just on display (laughs) as what we just experienced for the last four years. Yet there seems to be a segment of our country that is content with what we just lived through and are okay with someone with authoritarian tendencies to be at the helms of our government again. And you you look, but, but like, you know, this plays into everything that we've been talking about today from the attitudes of why Jan six occurred and then what lessons we still have not learned from that day to this day to the lack of urgency behind the need of investing in our people again all of our people not just some of our people all of our citizens here in this country that is what we need to be doing and yet it seems like we are just marred in the muck of just these stupid frivolous fights that mean nothing and make no difference in anyone's lives other than continuing to line the pockets of a handful of individuals. And until we, uh, we the people start to wake up and understand that they are just going to continue to make money off of our pain, our suffering. And I do not believe that that is fair. I do not believe that is right. And for individuals, anyone out there who wants to call themselves a Christian or a person of faith in any way, you cannot tell me that you cannot look around and see how wrong it is that so many people, that a handful of people seem to be able to thrive off of the suffering of the many instead of taking care of our people as a nation. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. But as 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 a as the Democratic Party, we're not fighting for that. It's easy. But the greed, the greed of the few seems to be winning out the day. The Even greed in our of own party seems to be winning out the day. And that's and that is on both sides. I will agree with you there. C note. I will totally agree with you there. That is on both sides, and that is something that both sides need to come to terms with. But it is also something that, like, I think this is you know this is going to go back to something that you and I have said before, or you know, or what you were just saying about messaging. It is time for the Democratic Party in particular, to put out a real message of hope, a real message of what they stand for, it is needed. It is required. 
I don't want to hear a long, drawn out public service announcement. I do not want that. I want real truth of what this party stands for today. Because otherwise, we are going to get to the point where I, I, I do believe you're going to see more than a schism of what we see right now going on in the Republican Party where you have a handful of individuals who are actually standing for truth and the rest of them are just deciding to be blind sheep following a wayward shepherd. I'm going to be real with you. I think we need, the Democrats need to have their own civil war. Like when the Republicans split uh, and created the Tea Party back in 2010. We need to, the Democrats need to have their own little schism because we are such a big tent party that it's, it's, it's not working anymore. There are too many, there are too many differences, too many schisms of, of thought. And we need to, we need to, we need to, to have this fight, this, this political debate and decide who we are as a party. What okay. Do we stand so, you, know, for? you know what? See now, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put a bookmark in that. And on, yeah. on the next on the next show, on the next show, let's come back and discuss that. Of is it time for us to kind of rethink how our government is structured? To whereas we just we basically operate off of two major political parties. Is it time for us to have truly have more political parties that force coalitions and maybe then we can start to get to the level of consensus that a lot of people are seeking what do you think i like that i like that that'll be our our starting point for our next podcast as we are coming on the top of the of our hour we'd like to thank all of our listeners that joined in and for we, we would like to to continue to Tune in and listen to us talk political shop here. Like, subscribe, share. And you can find us wherever you get your podcast. We're on Apple. We're on Google. Uh, Spotify. But if you want to find us easily, fast, you can find us on Apple. For those of you with Apple products, you can find us in the Village Family Podcast Network along with the other shows of uh, Untitled Sports Talk and Three Wise Fools and anything else, Pearl, know we got? We got for them before we leave out of here? No, just, you know, we would love to hear your feedback, uh, hear your thoughts. We want to present some of that as well within these debates that we have. And thank you all again for tuning in. Until next time. This is your girl, Black Pearl. And it's your boy, C-No, signing off. Peace.